You got the intro, babe. I'm 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 I'm, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> That's the intro. Welcome to Quarter Twins, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Quarter Twins, the only podcast where two quarters make one dollar. Happy New Year, everybody! It's Woo! a fresh year, a fresh year ripe for the taking. 2023. Uh, what's the what's the phrase? New uh, Year, New Me. New Year, New Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, new Year, New Podcast. Same over here, but. Oh. I, I'm in a new space, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, he's in a dungeon, guys. I'm in a dungeon right now. This is um, our new house. We got a new house recently. That's exciting. Uh, nothing's in here yet except for my podcast stuff and yes. a couch. The most important stuff. Yep. We got Google Fiber set up here. Woo! Today. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it over here. And this room that I'm in, I will probably be in this spot from now until the end of time. <coughs> this room is going to change a lot. We're going to paint the inside of the house. This is going to become a, a podcast studio office for both me and Sam to do stuff. Now, the TV is going to be either on that wall or on that wall, uh, the the left or the right wall for those who can't see. Um, so exciting. Anyway, I'm going to put some, well, I want to put some uh, sound absorbing panels uh, that look cool Could be good. somewhere. Because it's a little echoey, and there'll be there'll be couches and things in here that'll soak up some yeah. sound. But you know, just get like a big. I'm in a new space. <clears throat> just get like a big tapestry. A, a, yeah, a huge you know? tapestry. Yeah, really, really, really big. Uh, or like yeah. a big green screen. Then you can Ooh. use it to put yourself in other places on Earth, or mm-hmm. otherwise. Or otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah, I could create a new civilization within my green screen. That you could. Life. That you could. In that way. Um, it'll also be a music studio, so I'll record some music. Mm. Become, I'll become the next Bo Burnham. And that's what I want. That's what I album. want. That's what I want for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm just as funny as Bo Burnham, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. He's, he's really talented, that guy. Um, come on the podcast, Bo. Let's I, hear I, it. That would be incredible. That would be, um, that would be. Of anybody, we should get Bo Burnham, I feel like. <laughs> let's, let's just get him. Let's just do <laughs> yeah. it. We know we can get one person, <clears throat> so let's just get him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, this is, uh, this is a new year, and we're excited about it. Uh, today, uh, we're talking about one singular movie, um, but just at the top here, we want to remind you guys that next week, January 17th, is our first annual uh, award ceremony titled The Quarters, and it's going to be uh, a fancy occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've stated on our Instagram, I said this will be a fancy occasion. Um, Black we, tie. We will be, <laughs> yeah, we will be wearing nice clothes. Um, I gotta, and that's fun. I gotta go through my closet and make sure everything uh, <laughs> still fits. Still fits, yeah. I don't think I have a, uh, I don't think I have a coat, a, a blazer. Ah. But well, I can I can rock the white shirt. We'll be you know it'll be yeah, asymmetrical. Yeah, yeah. We'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, so join us for that. We're gonna do that our normal scheduled program time uh, on Tuesday. Um, we're gonna be going through those of you who have voted um, for your favorite actors, actresses, directors, editors, etc. Thank you very much for voting. Um, by the time this comes out, all the voting will be done. Um, can however, you still vote if, on the old polls? That's right. Uh, yeah, if by the time you're listening to this, all of the polls are up on our Instagram page. They're in a highlight reel on our, on our underneath our bio, and you can go in there. If you haven't voted for anything or you want to catch up and do some you missed, go in there, cast your votes. I'll post things on there to remind you as well, um, because we will take your votes into account. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be really fun. Join us next week for that. Um, Woo! Before we the get beginning of season into the nitty gritty question mark, beginning of season two, I was thinking maybe the quarters could be the first episode of the new season every year. There you go. And then we will like record a new ad for Anchor. Yes, but not for this back. episode. Here comes the normal one. We're back, I guess. <clears throat> Welcome back, guys. What are we doing here today, Joshua? Dude, today. <laughs> what the heck are we doing? Dude. And that's the truth. Really. Yeah, that is the truth. Um we are discussing a film 
that is in some ways a sequel, mm. in some ways not. Um, yes. This movie is Glass Onion, ah. which is a metaphor. Um, the is movie, it? It, yes, it's a Knives Out mystery. If you haven't Whoa. seen Knives Out, it's a Ryan Johnson joint written and directed. Mm. Um, he the man himself. Uh, it, it's a murder mystery featuring a main detective character that is in both movies. Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel mm-hmm. Craig, of James Bond fame, uh, yes. and Stormtrooper gets tricked by Ray fame. That is him also. Um, so that's a fun. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about the whole movie here today mm, mm-hmm. of The Glass Onion. I'm a little out of practice. I We haven't done this in a while. I, a break. I'm, a little, uh, <laughs> I'm a little terrible at this. Um, we're going to talk spoiler-free plots. We're going to do our good, the bad, mm-hmm. the funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the nitty-gritty today with my Let's film nerd stuff, okay? Film nerd stuff. But we're going to get there momentarily jordan start talking before i ruin this (laughs) um yeah as you said glass onion is a is a sequel of sorts um a follow-up to knives out um by the way everybody glass onion is on netflix um Mm, so if you would like to see glass onion it's literally there for free if you indeed pay for netflix Mm -hmm. um so you can stop listening but come back after you've watched it. Um, or spoil it for yourself and then yeah, watch it. Yeah, spoil it for yourself. But right now we're going to be spoiler free. Um, Glass Onion is really freaking good, I think. Really pretty, freaking it's pretty, good. It's pretty great. Ryan Johnson is, um, is a masterful director, as mm-hmm. we've seen from movies as The Last Jedi. And a Jedi. very good writer. Um, yes, and, and writer. <clears throat> the Last Jedi and uh, Looper is one of my favorite movies directed and written by Ryan Johnson as well, which we should do a commentary on it. I haven't point, seen Looper. Because that's a great so, film. Yes. Great film. That's the one. Um, Joseph um, Gordon-Levitt yes. is in it. Yeah, okay. And he starts on a bike, uh, right? I don't know if he starts on a bike. He rides a There's a scene on a bike, right? There's a scene on a bike, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, You're yep. probably wondering Emily how Blunt. I got in this situation. Something like that, right? Am I thinking of something else? I think you might be thinking of something else. Yeah, okay. Because that doesn't sound uh, relevant to Never Looper. Mind. Um, yeah, I thought Glass Onion was really great. I had the privilege to see it in theaters. Um, it was in theaters for a limited theatrical run uh, mm-hmm. for one week over Thanksgiving um, because Netflix is dumb and they thought we might as well just not put this in theaters. Netflix financed... Um, this movie and any following sequels um, if they would have put it in theaters it probably would have made a lot more money mm-hmm. and pe- more people would have seen it however I do think they um, decide they I think they were scared of Avatar I think is what happened um, because Avatar was coming out and I think they thought we'll get more people to see this if we put it on Netflix so that people can watch Glass Onion when they get home from seeing Avatar you know mm-hmm. so um Anyway, it's on Netflix now. I get to see it in theaters, which is a great experience because um, I love seeing movies in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Com- comparing it to Knives Out, for example, Knives Out is very, like, uh, the mood is um, fall and the mood is clue board, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Craig's wearing, like, nice uh, old English country... Um, blazers and fancy like he's going outfits. hunting and with his giant dog. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and this movie is very summer vacation. Daniel Craig's wearing a beautiful little swimsuit uh, that is just adorable with his little slide slide on. I mean, wicker it's, shoes. Might, <clears throat> it's a might, great outfit. You might change your words. Beautiful little swimsuit. It's like full <laughs> shorts and a shirt. Yeah, it's a, he's it's fully a clothed. Shirt. Yes. I want it. It's beautiful. It's a, but it's like you can wear it in the pool and then you can get out and it dries and you can wear mm-hmm, it wherever. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yes. But not little, I would say. Just no. to, as a He's bit a of big a, man. Yeah. <laughs> a big strong man. <laughs> there are some there are some small outfits. Oh. Um for sure. Uh Yeah, this movie's very summer vacation, different vibe mm-hmm, <clears throat> than the first one. 
Um, it is obviously a murder mystery, so it has that aspect to it. Um, I think if you're wondering, is it? Do you like it more than Knives Out? Um, you know, I don't know. I think they're so different that I don't need to say I like one better than the other because they. The only thing that's the same is the fact that Daniel Craig is in it mm-hmm. as Benoit Blanc. Um, so much about it is different that they don't need to be compared by those standards. Um, <clears throat> I do think that uh, as a spoiler-free thought, um, there is obviously there's a mystery. I think the mystery is structured better in this one than it is in the first one. Hmm. And we can break that down. I think that's the thought I have. Once I break it down, I might. <laughs> I think <laughs> I might decide that's what me. I think. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I think this this one uh, this surprised me more than the first one. I will say. Hmm. Um, why? What, what's your take? I, uh, do you like Knives Out? I would um, say the opposite of what you've said so far. That's fair. Um, I think that the so. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, here Ryan we go. Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Johnson, uh, in every single interview talking about Glass Onion and Knives Out, he will bring up Agatha Christie and her mm-hmm. works, mm-hmm. right? You go, to, you go to any YouTube video on any channel, anything, anytime he is talking <laughs> about these movies, he's talking about Agatha Christie. Okay. So she <clears throat> is very famous for these whodunit mystery, murder mystery novels, right? And she subverted the expectations and the tropes and, you know, created these narratives that poked fun at the genre while also being in the genre very much like Knives Out and Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. So the, the, it's not like you watch a little bit of the movie, someone dies, mm-hmm. the detective gets called in, the detective is the main character. They interview everyone. You piece mm-hmm. it all together. At the end, he solves it and explains everything and all the yep. little details. In these movies, it is, like for Knives Out, it's like you watch, there's like a little bit of the beginning, someone dies, you get the interviews, uh, but our detective isn't the main character. We're following someone else, and then we find out what we saw isn't what happened. And now it's like we're watching the character that did it um, trying to hide the fact that they did it from the detective, right? Mm-hmm. Completely different kind of movie, really. Yeah. And then there's still like the mystery to be solved and the donut within the donut, right? It all, it all goes down. <laughs> In Glass Onion... It's not a hole at all. It's not a hole at all. It's another it donut with its own hole. <laughs> yeah. So Amazing. Good. I love Knives Out. So much fun. Fantastic film. Um, with Glass Onion, we're looking at... This story is happening while we're watching the movie. Like, the, the most important things that happen in Knives Out already happened when the movie starts. Mm-hmm. But... No one has died yet at the beginning of Glass Onion. And so it's, it's more like the detective is part of the mystery mm-hmm, in a way, mm-hmm. right? And then yes. halfway through the movie, we find out that's not the case. And Spoiler, spoilers. What do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> that's getting, it's getting a little spoilery. Oh, jeez. Well, whatever. Um... I personally, okay, I'll I'll go back to your original point here then, (laughs) and we'll just remove myself. Um, I think that the first one is structured better to me. Yeah. um, yeah. In terms of just the way that it subverts the expectation, the trope of the simplistic plot of a murder mystery. Sure. So I really enjoy both of the movies. Um, I think that the first one, I mean, there is also like, this is a, it's a new thing with new people and this great star studded Mm -hmm. cast and blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's older. So I've seen it more times and I can pick apart the plot better. Um, so maybe in like a year, uh, I've watched glass onion a bunch of times. It, my opinion might change, but right now I think 
just the way that the first one subverts the expectation is better than the way that this movie does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think it's... <clears throat> I think that's just that just comes down to a difference of experience. Because um, uh, my experience with the first Knives Out is like... The brilliance of that movie is it shows you that, for one, uh, Harlan Thrombey um, kills himself. That's one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. He slits his own throat. However, um, it shows you that Ana de Armas, um, what's her character's name? I forget. Marta. Um, Marta has given him the wrong medication, uh, has given him too much morphine, so he's going to die in a few minutes, and Harlan Thrombey uh, makes this plan that to get her out of it, he slits his own throat. The plan is whatever, and it's happening. And you're learning about this, and so you you literally you see the murder happen. You know who did it. You saw him. You you see him slit his own throat, and then you're watching this movie. For me, I'm like, this movie isn't just gonna end with that being the truth. Like right. it wasn't. It was never. I was never like, this is the end of the story. You're you're interested in it because you you're you want to see how it all pans out with uh, Harlan giving uh, writing his entire will in favor of Marta and giving her everything, and you're interested in all of those aspects and the family members are great, um, but Chris Evans comes into the into the movie and I was like he did it he did it <laughs> I don't know how he did it but he did it, mm. um, so that that never really surprised me, um, but that's just. That's just me. And for this movie, or Glass Onion, it was different where I never knew for sure until the very end who did the thing, mm. um, which we can get into. I see. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 that's just a, we had different experiences, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting, I, I actually, because I thought it was obvious who did it in Glass Onion. Or sure. not obvious, but like I figured it out a little quicker, a lot quicker than with Knives Out. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm just, I love Chris Evans. He can do no wrong. I never even <laughs> really considered him yeah. a threat. Yeah. Um, but I just, we, we, we got to talk spoilers because I can't say anything else. Okay. <clears throat> well, I already spoiling. spoiled it. So uh, no, you didn't spoil it totally, but. It's like um, it's like when you tell somebody, uh, go see a movie, and you gotta look forward to the twist ending. Like, mm, yeah. Now it's not a twist anymore because you told me there was a twist, um, but it's a mystery, so you know there's gonna be a twist. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. We both like this movie overall. It sounds like um, is it art or fart? It's oh, art for me. It's for sure. art. What do you mean? Of course, it's know. art. Um, that's just a, a given because we love Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And we're biased. Um, spoilers for sure. Uh, like you said, spoilers for the movie, full, full spoilers go. ahead. Uh, like you said, uh, you thought it was obvious who the killer was. It is obvious, and that's kind of the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, plot breakdown. Here we go. It's called Glass Onion. Um, <clears throat> so we, it opens with... Uh, Okay, I'm going to run through the characters really quick. I wrote them all down for simplicity's sake. You got Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig, uh, detective. Um, You're introduced first to uh, Catherine Hahn's character, Claire, who is a a senator of some kind. Um, Then you're introduced to Leslie Odom Jr., uh, who's like a scientist type guy, uh, which is what you know about him up front, is that he's a smart scientist dude. Smart Um, Smart guy. Then we're introduced to Kate Hudson's character, Birdie J, who's like a fashionista, fashionista. Uh, <laughs> entrepreneur. Wow. We yes. both pulled that word out of nowhere. Jeez. That's exactly what she is, though. There's no yes, other... fashionista, um, who has been tweeting racial slurs on the internet. Whoops. Um, <clears throat> and then we get Dave Batista as a streamer, um, and I just love his character so much, and his girlfriend, Whiskey. Um Dave Batista is like a. It's uh, part of the manosphere. Would, That's what yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyper masculine energy. He carries a gun around, um, <clears throat> hanging over his crotch at all times. Um, it's very funny. Um, 
then we're introduced to uh, a- a Andy Brand, um, kind of. She's there. We don't know much about her yet. And then we get Edward Norton. Well, Jessica Henwick plays Peg, who is Birdie yes. J's assistant. And she's around. In the um, background, the whole movie. In the background, uh, all of the time. Um, and then we get Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton, who invites all of these people to his private island. Um, <clears throat> so they get to this island after a really cool introduction scene. Mm-hmm. And Miles Braun is like, I've invited you all here for to solve my murder. And he's playing this murder mystery party where he's going to get murdered and they're just going to have a fun time solving it together. Um, he is like, uh, Benoit Blanc, why are, you, why, why are you here, man? I didn't invite you to my house. And Benoit Blanc is like, what the heck, man? I got an invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, no, you didn't. Uh, and the invitations were these big puzzle boxes or whatever. Um, and so Daniel Craig's like, I got a box. What do you think about that? Boom, and he's boom. like, oh, <clears throat> Edward Norton is like, Miles Braun is like, uh, oh, somebody must have reset the box and given it to you to play a prank on me uh, because I'm having a murder mystery party and you're a detective, so you're here. So that's hilarious. So have, fun. Have fun. Yeah. Go swim in the pool. Put your little outfit on. <laughs> um, and this, this whole time, Miles is talking. Uh, he's saying a lot of big words and he's like, he's set up as this like super genius billion billionaire person. Um, and let's see what happens. Uh, they all kind of sit down to begin the murder mystery party. And Benoit Blanc is like, Hey, are we, is this starting yet? And Miles yeah. Braun is like, sure, man, go ahead. And, and, my, <laughs> and Benoit solves it instantly. Uh, he's like, so funny. uh, Birdie did it, murdered you with this. And that's the motive, and that's what happened. And Miles is like, great. <laughs> there goes my entire party. <laughs> yeah. Weekend um, ruined. <clears throat> weekend ruined. Um, and you find out that he, uh, Miles had hired like a famous mystery author to write his um, murder mystery party, and he had hired somebody to make these puzzle boxes, and he spent so much money on this, and he's like, oh, you just ruined this. What the heck? What the heck? Um, and Benoit Blanc's like, I ruined it on purpose because you're a jerk and you invited all of these people here and they all have motives to kill you. And I think it's really dumb that you planned a murder and mystery party with these people. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Never mind. I'm not going to think about that anymore. <laughs> uh, and then they, <laughs> they go downstairs and everybody's drinking and stuff. And Dave Batista dies. <laughs> he, he, uh, he goes, he's choking and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like that wonderful performance. Yes, yes, yes. Um, this this whole time, Janelle Monet's character Andy uh, has been around, and there's they set up this kind of intrigue around her. She's very quiet. You can tell that she hates these people um, for reasons that we find out later. Um, and so they think that Andy um, killed Dave Batista. Um, Duke is his name. Mm-hmm. That she killed Duke or whatever. Um, and then the lights turn out. Um, and somebody shoots Andy in the chest. Oh, no. And then this is the midpoint of the movie where we get the, the, the little twist. Mm-hmm. The twist, a little stinger. Oh, you're good. Um, Daniel Craig brings everybody inside, and he's like, I'm going to solve the mystery. And then we <laughs> get a flashback to um, a girl named Helen who looks exactly like Andy, who it turns out to be Andy's twin sister, she brought a box to Daniel Craig because Andy has been, uh, has died. And they think that she killed herself in her garage with her car. She left her car running and they think she killed herself. Um, but Helen is like, nah, man, somebody killed her because uh, there was this, she was super smart and her and her friends hung out at this bar called The Glass Onion and they all met Miles, and he was this uh, kind of entrepreneur energy, and it brought them all together, and Andy started this uh, tech company, and Miles kind of took credit for all of it and pushed her out of the company entirely and took all of the money. They took them to court uh, and basically ruined Andy's life um, over the intellectual property of the company, which was written on a napkin, Mm-hmm. And Miles was like, look, I have that napkin. And so they were like, yeah, we believe you. Andy, you're, you're out of here. Um, 
But then Andy finds the real napkin where she mm. had the original idea for the company, and she sends an email to all of her friends uh, with the picture of the napkin and is like, I got the real thing. I'm about to destroy Miles with this thing. And then she turns up dead the next day. And so wow. Helen, her twin sister, goes to Benoit Blanc and is like, I need you to help me figure this out. He's inviting all these people to his private island. I got an invitation. I need you to come with me. And he's like, the game is afoot. Uh, <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> so he is with Helen. Helen disguises herself as Andy. Um, and so they're out there on the island together, you find out. You think that they're strangers at the beginning of the movie, but you find out they've known each other this whole time and have been working together to try to figure out who killed Andy. And um, Because none of them know that that she's dead yet, by the way. Yes. That's a crucial fact. She didn't release a statement to the press about her sister dying. Um, So nobody knows she's dead except for the killer. Um, And so, yeah, they that we get back to everybody else. And Andy is presumed dead, but she had a notebook or something in her pocket that stopped the bullet. That's convenient. Um, But I'll let it slide, Ryan Johnson. Her sister's diary, I think. Her sister's diary, yeah. Um, And so she doesn't actually die. Um, And then Daniel Craig brings everybody back into the room and is like, one of you killed her. But you didn't kill her. You killed Andy. She's alive, and her name is actually Helen. And they're like, what? Um, And what he he? How does he do it? He's like, um, he talks about how he he's expecting this thing to be super complicated and complex. And actually, when Helen comes to Benoit Blanc, um, he's like, he he tells her like, I don't think Miles Braun would have killed. Andy because it's too obvious mm. and then at the end of the movie he's like it was sitting there right in front of me the entire time uh, right Beautiful. on the, the tip of my nose uh, take the glass onion for example something so complex on the outside but it's so but it's since it's glass you can see through it to the center all mm. these layers to the center in plain sight is wow. Miles Braun uh, because Miles Braun's an idiot <laughs> is an idiot uh, Miles Braun is essentially Elon Musk. Is the it's kind of the political uh, uh, the um, relevant subtext uh, mm. is an Elon Musk type guy for many reasons. Uh, Brian Johnson um, has denied this allegation <laughs> publicly. Oh, okay. Publicly, fair enough. But probably for for example, probably, somebody uh, who is a billionaire who probably stole his ideas from other people um, and is just really good at faking it till he makes it. It's probably um, Elon, but it's just Elon for Musk. Like, yeah. Somebody who would do something so obviously stupid as to buy Twitter for $40 billion. $44 billion. Um, $44 billion. <laughs> this is the kind of guy we're talking about. Uh, the kind of guy who um, has the literal Mona Lisa in his living room mm-hmm. um, because he can. Um, and so he has this uh, alternative fuel that he believes is going to be the next big thing. Lionel is over here being like, you can't use that because it's hydrogen or whatever, and it's going to blow the world up. And he's like, nah, man, it'll make me rich. Nah, man. Um, and Andy was going to ruin all of that, so he murdered her. Uh, and it's super obvious, um, and that's kind of the point, is that this guy is just really obviously dumb. And he takes his ideas from other people. And not everything has to be super complex. And Mm -hmm. not everybody Mm -hmm. is a genius because they have billions of dollars. So there's a lot of social commentary. There's a big sweeping portrait of Kanye West on one of the walls with like a halo. And he's holding a scepter and (laughs) like a shrine to Kanye West and other little little things that are just really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I, like I was talking about, this movie surprised me more than the first one. Um, or I think it's structured, for me, I like the way it's structured more than the first one um, because you don't really know. There, you, 
you think that there hasn't been a murder until Dave Batista dies, um, but right. then you find out that they're not even here to solve that murder. Benoit Blanc isn't even here to solve that murder. He's here to solve a completely different murder. Um, and I just thought that really that that really hit me in a cool way because because you kind of you're like when's somebody gonna die? Because there right. kind of goes a long time before somebody dies, um, and. Yeah, I don't know. I just really like the way it was paced. Uh, well, actually, I one of my bad things is I don't think the pacing is very good. Um, I like the way the the mystery was structured, I suppose. Um, I do think that um, the pacing is off um, a bit because the when you get the revelation, that whole sequence takes a really long time, I feel yeah, like. I it kind of takes you out of the momentum. Um, so, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the overall thing now that we can talk spoilers. Yeah, well I already you, you thought it was pretty obvious, right? <laughs> I already kind of said it, but um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the whole the whole idea of the glass onion with it being super complex structure but then it's see-through, you could look right in the middle. Yeah. Um I'm not going to pretend that I knew. Oh, sure. yes, the glass onion, of course. Yeah. But it I mean it it is like I I I felt the the notion of like this is a complex movie but it feels very simple right. in its solution. And there you have it. Cuz like I mean it's a murder mystery, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going into it knowing I'm looking for someone to be a murderer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that might be why it was more obvious to me cuz for whatever reason I watched Knives Out and I didn't really think about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of trailers and teasers or whatever for Glass Onion because I was so yeah. excited. I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> so I was like, I think it's Edward Norton. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, then it was. And I was like, ah, maybe a bit of a bummer <laughs> that it was so obvious. But, sure. you know, that was, that's main, mainly my gripe with it is that i solved it i mean it, it's sort of a prisoner's situation if you will i recently uh, yes. saw prisoners <laughs> and um i maybe like a third of the movie maybe close to halfway through the movie i paused and talked to jordan for a bit we were going to record the <laughs> christmas episode and um I was like, this is my guess as to what's going to go down in the rest of this movie. Don't answer me and tell me (laughs) if it's true or not. And then I laid out the rest of the plot, like, point for point. With 100% accuracy. (laughs) And and then it happened. And I was like, oh, darn. That was so sad. That was too... I don't know. That doesn't normally happen where I can My just heart literally just, sank just like, bang, bang, bang. He started, he started giving me your, your best guess as to what was happening. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> saying, this is literally telling me what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it was a bit of a proud moment, but also disappointing yeah. because it lessened my enjoyment of the film. So I think uh, I'm like, you just tell me when the next Knives Out movie is coming out. I don't even mm-hmm. want to know the name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's going to be impossible. But, you sure. know, figure out a way to prevent me from spoiling it before I go into the movie. Or, like, try to have my own preconceived notions. Because yeah. I think I spent too much time hi- getting hype. I think if I would have seen it probably. in the theaters, I definitely would have liked it more. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I like if i normally if i would guess the ending of a movie i would be like oh that's a bummer but i think for this movie since like i did like i was like oh yeah it's it's probably it's probably edward norton but that's really obvious so i don't think they're going to do that mm-hmm. um if that but that's thematically that's like the movie's trying to convey a message and that's the message it's trying to convey and it's the point of the film mm-hmm. um everything is kind of structured around the how obvious this is um, which like is, is kind of a bummer because you want to be, you want to be surprised, but it's like, it's, it's the type of thing where it's like, um, it's so obvious that he killed her. So I'm not surprised that he killed her, but I'm also surprised that he killed her. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's so obvious. <laughs> right. Cause you, you, know? you like, go into a murder mystery 
and it's like oh he he is the uh, he's the red herring right it's yes. not him of course not but then this movie it is him <laughs> mhm yes it's like you know we we don't get political here very often but it's like you take you take a Donald Trump for example mm-hmm. and you think uh i can't believe that guy was president i'm surprised by that and then you're just like I'm actually not surprised by that mm. very much. There it is. The reality. <laughs> and you know, if he run, if he is again, I'm going to be like I'm surprised by that, but I'm also not surprised by mm. that. So that's a whole thing you do, you know. Yeah. So sad, <laughs> but so true. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those situations. Mm-hmm. Um my other my other note was um on the negative side. I thought that the the cast of characters wasn't quite as interesting as the Knives Out cast. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I think like Duke and Whiskey are really um, like they're really f- fun. I guess they're kind of the fun characters, funny characters. Um, and then you have Catherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr., who are just kind of boring. And I like Catherine Hahn is hilarious, but She's I don't think funny. they didn't they didn't give her much to do or say that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of bummed by that. Um, I liked Kate Hudson's character. Birdie J is really funny. She was great. Just the obliviousness of, uh, you know, a fashionista, as we said. Fashionista. Um, Daniel Craig has this great line that's everywhere, and you've probably heard it, but the uh, Birdie J is like, yeah, I call it like I see it, and I say whatever I want because that's the truth. And Daniel Craig is like, Benoit is like, uh, it's not always good to assume that speaking what does he say <laughs> what's the line this famous says, line uh, everybody knows this famous line everybody knows he says um mistake talking without thought as speaking the truth or something like that it's much more eloquent than that mm. um speaking without don't mistake speaking without thought as speaking the truth or something like that something like that that sounds um, that's something good. like that it's a I great like line that. yeah 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 um yeah i i really liked the score the score's really good mm. the music same composer as the last one. Um, it felt more Bond like. The score. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I, a lot of sweeping, establishing shots for them yes. to like. Red <laughs> wing. <laughs> um, there's a really great video, the notes on a scene videos that one of the YouTube channels does for Ryan Johnson is breaking down the scene where they all meet at the dock mm-hmm. and the beginning of that scene it's just a it's a beautiful shot of like um backlit actors standing on the dock and they're all silhouettes mm-hmm. and ryan johnson is like yeah we started with this shot this was the first shot we did um the lighting is beautiful it matches literally nothing else in the entire movie um but it looks good so who cares yeah <laughs> he's oh. like it's fine i don't care <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah what a guy um that's a great speaking video. of that video that is what I have brought to the table today. Okay. Okay. I wanted to. It. I wanted to just. I just wanted to hit you with it, as you say. Hit me, literally hit me with it. So, <laughs> kick um, me. This is my like. Ryan Johnson is a great director. Bid for Here we go. the Oscars. If you guys want to hear this, I don't know if he's, the nominations are in already, but like here it is, guys. Okay. Um, so they're on this dock, a big long dock in Greece, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking using your eyeballs, right? Yeah. And you, you you're standing at the end of the dock and you look back, you can kind of see the lines of the dock move like this, forced perspective, right? That's a whole it's a whole thing. It's an art style, blah blah blah, right? Um so Ryan, he, he's directing the movie, and they have this big boat behind them that holds all their camera equipment. It's like a break room for the actors, blah, blah, blah. So they're forced into shooting the scene from two angles. And so you have the angle of Benoit Blanc, the detective, our insert character, more or less, and the opposite shot with all the new characters. And so Ryan Johnson says, okay, we're going to look at Benoit Blanc, and then we're going to look from the perspective of Benoit Blanc. He mm-hmm. is us. 
we're seeing the scene through his eyes. We are observing the new characters as he is assessing the situation. He knows more than we do. Uh, he's done his research. He's making assumptions. He's making suggestions. He's kind of seeing the characters, the people, right? Mm-hmm. And so the whole scene is shot. We're looking at Blanc assessing us, and we are Blanc assessing them, right? Mm-hmm. And so the and the and it's so cool because the pier itself is like this arrow, right? It's this big yeah. blunt object. He's on the back of it at the end, nothing behind him. And then when we go to his perspective, the lines are the literal pier is like shaped pointing at the character standing on it and Mm -hmm. the there's like a buggy that comes in and it's pointing in a certain direction towards um uh, kate hudson as she comes on and the characters like we'll have katherine hahn on one side leslie odom jr on one side and katherine hahn walks in between them and she's standing just enough to the left where you can see uh jessica Peg, Peg's character, mm-hmm. or sorry, Jessica's character, Peg, standing yes. behind her, like under her arm. So she's like standing like this, and she's like, hey, you guys. Mm-hmm. And they're standing, this one person standing here, and one person standing here. She's standing in the midground, in the background, you see her under her arm, and it's all shaped perfectly. And then mm-hmm. she walks towards the characters to give them a hug. Benoit Blanc, they switch to him. He walks towards them, and they're all he walks towards him and then the camera reverse shots back to his perspective and you see the camera pulls in towards the actors and she's walking towards them and she notices Benoit in the background and she walks past them and you get this nice shot of her big hat and it's big and it shapes the mm-hmm. frame and the shadow and her mask, and her mask is not really a mask <laughs> and it's just fishnet right yeah fishnet mask very nice uh, personality touch that they uh, wardrobe yes. touch that they did. And her big hat shapes the frame, right? And under her frame, on either side of her shoulder, is one of the characters, and you can see a character in the background. It's all very intentional, and he's like, "Here's all the points. All the lines are pointing mm-hmm. at the character that's <clears throat> talking right now. Your eyes are literally being forced to look at this person. This is like photography 101." All these yep. lines and shapes and arrows are pointing at the focus of the frame. And then the reverse shot is Benoit Blanc, and he is placed in the spot of the frame where you were already looking at, at Birdie J. You're looking yep. at her talking, and then it switches to him, and your eyes are already there. And you can see him, and it's like, oh, so much clarity. It's yes. so well done. That you don't have to, you don't have to think. You're just part of the world. Right. You are the perspective of the detective as he comes in, and he's greeting all these new characters, and it's like a beautiful way to set up the movie and meet all these new people that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And it's art. And it is art. I think. I mean, of course. Directors, this is like their literal job is like building all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But you watch this YouTube video and you see him. I think it's Vanity Fair. Yeah. Did the this thing? That's a magazine, right? Variety um, or Vanity Fair? I think it's Vanity Fair. Yeah. I don't know. Um, he can literally like line it out. This is what I did. This is what the costumes mean. Um. This shot is like, here's the foreground and the background and the midground, and the characters are paired together with who they're paired with in the movie, and they're kind of, they, they shape the whole scene, and everybody's standing exactly where they need to be standing so that the shot looks the way it does, and I planned it out word for word. This is screenplay, yep. and I'm, uh, huh? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you don't realize like how hard it is to be a director until you hear them talk about it, and especially in these videos where they're, showing you the clip and mapping it out for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, this must be exhausting. Like, do you do this for every scene in the movie? Like, of course you do. You're the director of the movie. This right. is what directors do. And I watched that scene again 
today with with watching that video in the back of my head and like the the sequence takes place like really fast right and he's when he's describing it and walking you through it it's he's pausing the he's pausing the movie and talking about it so it feels drawn out but it happens really quickly and and you don't even really have time to like put all those things together in your mind but the brilliance of the directing and the photography is just like it does exactly what he's telling you it does and yeah. it's happening so fast you don't even know that it's happening and mm-hmm. it's brilliant it's great yeah so i i just personally think that the his ability to not only do all of those things but explain it in detail and be like look see this is what i did yeah this is intentional it worked and you are <laughs> fool you are, i mind controlled yeah. you i've never listened i've never watched like a movie like director commentary over a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I should, but I I, should. if yeah, I could watch and the, if I could watch the entirety of glass onion like this with him, just pausing every second and breaking mm-hmm. down the shot, I would do, I would love that because he, and he's entertaining when he does it too. Cause he's like making jokes and talking about yeah. all this stuff and gassing up yeah. every actor. And yeah, he's awesome. He's amazing. I'm excited that. for, um, the next one he makes. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see that? Or yeah, I sent it to you. My uh, there was a tweet going around. They were asking for who who are you going to cast for uh, Knives Out three? You have a good dream cast. cast. I think it's a pretty great cast, honestly. I'll need to pull up the pull up the picture. Um, yeah, I hope I hope the third one comes out soon because I want I want more of it. It'll probably right be now. sooner. Although he's he I I follow him on Twitter. Uh, he yeah, he asked. He was like, "Anybody have any ideas for the third Knives Out?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, so. For some reason, everybody's loving the Muppets. Yeah, they're, they're like, "Do it with the Muppets." Do it with like, the where Muppets. did we get this idea in the know. consciousness of the internet? Are the Muppets still uh, real? Here's my cast for Knives Out Three. Okay, you got Simu Leo from mm-hmm. Shang Chi, uh, Amelia Clark from mm-hmm. Solo, Plenty of Game things. of Thrones. Uh, Ray Fiennes. That's this oh. is my favorite. This is my favorite pick. Is Ray Fiennes? Ray Fiennes. I gotta watch the menu. He's it's incredible. on HBO. Voldemort. It's on HBO now. Yeah, it just showed up on HBO. Oh, dude, no way. I'm gonna watch that gonna literally watch right it. after this. Um, Ryan Gosling. I'm a huge Ryan Gosling. Classic. Fan. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Everybody. Harry hmm. Potter. Get him in there. Get Brian, Harry Potter Tyree and Henry. Voldemort in there. Right. It's so good. That'd be fun. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Bullet Train. Eternals. Yes, great. Zoe Saldana obviously is great, um, and J.K. Simmons. J.K. I want Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Where's Samuel L. Jackson? No, thank you. No, thank you. Excuse me. Uh, hot take. Overrated actor. Oof. Moving on. Brutal. Okay. <laughs> J.K. Simmons and Ray Fiennes are my favorite picks. I want them both in the next one. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he's great. Have um, you seen him as the Scrooge on all the Verizon commercials? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Funny things. Uh, I love that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the hourly dong. That's hilarious. Is it the, him? On the island every hour, there's a loud dong. And that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. Um, they mention when they're at the pool, he's like, try this hard kombucha, uh, Jared Leto's secret formula or something. And I thought... I don't know why that is so funny to me that Jared Leto would make of hard kombucha. Of course Jared Leto makes hard kombucha. He would. And then they have Jerry Mariner's uh, small batch hot sauce, which just, those those two things kill me, man. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so funny. Um, those Shout little, out to Jeremy Renner uh, recovering in the ICU yes, from running himself over with a snowplow. I hope you're doing well, Jeremy. That, that was scary. Sad to hear. Scary. I hope you're doing all right. Hawkeye. Um... Dave Bautista is so funny to me in this movie. He's pretty great. I was disappointed. I, when he like chokes on nothing and falls Mm -hmm. over and dies, I was very disappointed because I thought it was like a fake out at first. And I was like, there's no way they kill the fun guy at the beginning of the movie. But he's dead. And that's it for him. Yeah. And I was a bit bummed. They killed the most fun character, which is a a major bummer. They should have killed somebody else. But. It's Who fine. There was a kill? reason for it. He's like, Duke, don't dance with pineapple. And then <laughs> he's allergic to pineapple. Right. 
and he just puts some Miles just puts some in his drink and it kills him instantly. Is yes, that how instantaneous work? death. I don't know, but um, anything else we want to say about this movie? It's really good. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really it. liked it. I that's good. I think in the future I'm gonna try to watch more director's commentary on. Yeah. Although, where do, do you that. where do you find that? Usually, you have just to buy on the DVD movie extras. Yeah. yeah. See, that's that's antithetical to my pocketbook. Yeah, it might be like on. I think HBO Max puts them on their movies. Some of them, mm. maybe on Apple, maybe they put them in there. Oh, you don't have Apple anymore. You let your but if free you buy, trial expire. I know. If you buy a movie, I mean, on iTunes, it probably has director commentary. Anyway, um, Willow update, Joshua? Any Dude. updates on the show Willow? <laughs> it's been a few weeks. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. From, my, been... from my perspective, here's what's happened, guys. Okay, here All me. I know is, uh, maybe two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, he was like, Willow is the worst show I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, he texts me, and he says, uh, this is the best Will- <laughs> episode of Willow so far. <laughs> you know, this show is amazing. Dude. So yeah. since we tell me what's happening since we left off, I think the last episode that we talked about, there was a revelation about one of the characters that went missing, right? Mm-hmm. And they were gone for a couple episodes. We sh- we see them for the first time in this great new setting. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so oh. cool, amazing! <laughs> and he didn't show up again for two episodes. Finally, mm-hmm. last week. We get some new stuff with this character again. World mm. building occurs, if you will. And Very you nice. know me. Okay. <laughs> so. And not to mention, all of our main characters have been on this quest. And, um, you know, some sort of, su- not, a, not a true climax, but mm-hmm. sort of a subclimactic event occurs. Uh, and it's good. And the... Huh. And as always, the jokes are super funny. The nice. actors are trying their best. And um, I just, what can I say, guys? I enjoyed it. And it really, I love that for you. It really annoys me because the first episode and several of the subsequent episodes <laughs> are just awful. And the editing has gotten better, but it started yeah. off, I don't know if you caught it in the first episode. There's a moment where there's like a, just a normal cut in the same like shot to shot. It's not like a new scene or anything drastic, but the audio just goes like five decibels quieter. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like you the same. It's like the same audio. Tra- Jeez. Whoa. <laughs> it's like the same <laughs> audio mic track. Over. Yeah, golly. Um, Unlike your microphone. We fixed it. It's fine. Um, sorry. It's just... There was just like, I mean, that, that's something I would do making a YouTube video. Like, sure. that's not professional Lucasfilm <laughs> level, like, who, who, who did that? Editing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's so, so funny. But then, you know, it, th- that sort of stuff hasn't really happened since then. The main thing is that the tone, incomprehensible. <laughs> Sometimes there's a joke about, like... I don't know. He's standing right behind me, isn't he? You know? <laughs> and then yeah. the next scene, one of the characters will be like, uh, we have a difference of opinion. I see you're all tied up. And he said, I thought we were starting to get along. You know? And you're like, what is happening here? <laughs> and it's just so funny because it doesn't, there's no coherence at all. Great movie. Really um, good. And so it's just funny because it doesn't make any sense. And it, it feels like there's a lot of chaotic energy occurring. Yeah. And I'm here for it, as they say. So <laughs> I'm not going to stop watching this show. I love it. It's great. I hate it. I need to, <clears throat> I need to catch up. I, I don't know. It's really hard for me to watch TV shows for some reason that don't grip me on the first episode, which yeah. Willow did not. Um, well, it was bad. <clears throat> I, uh, we went to Nashville for New Year's and on the drive there and back, 
on the drive there, I watched a movie called Sunshine, and on the way home, I watched a movie called Moonfall. That was not at all on purpose. Uh, <laughs> the like, sun and the yeah, moon. Some sort of celestial uh, uh, occurrence yeah, in the new year. A, a spiritual reality of the sun rising at the beginning of our trip and the moon setting at the end of our trip. Beautiful. Uh, one of these movies is really good. The other one is really bad. Uh, Sunshine is great. Go watch Sunshine. I talked about it before. It's very 2007 in some moments, uh, like a, a music, uh, a song will kick on and you'll be like, wow, this is 2007 right now. Mm. Um, but it's phenomenal. It's a, it's a great movie. Um, I'm not going to talk anymore about that. I would love to talk about Moonfall. Uh, Moonfall is a 2022 movie, believe it or not, um, <clears throat> starring Patrick Wilson, I think. Patrick Wilson, the guy who plays... Um, the villain in Aquaman and um, Raul in Phantom of the Opera or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> no idea. Uh, Halle Berry and uh, a guy who they so obviously wanted Josh Gad, but they got this other guy um, oh no. to, play, <laughs> to play this character. It's so, it's so funny that it's so obvious that they really wanted Josh Gad for this role. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> Josh Gad's it is funny about, guy. uh, <sighs> Uh, Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry are astronauts and the opening scene is they're up in space and they're up in space with a third crew member and they're like working on a space station or something and all of a sudden this like nanobot cloud looking thing comes comes around and like goes past them and uh, the third crew member gets sucked into space and they lose him and he dies. Um, no, no. And they get back to Earth after that happens, um, and they crash land on Earth, and nobody believes what Patrick Wilson saw. Um, Halle Berry was, like, knocked unconscious or something, so she didn't see anything. Um, and so the government is like, Patrick Wilson, you are making the story up. Because of your negligence, you let this third crew member die, and you're just making up this crazy story or whatever, so you're fired, mm. and you're no longer an astronaut. Now you're Fuck. a bum, and you're a bad dad. Um, and so he's living on his own in a little apartment and he's not paying rent. Um, but all of a sudden, the moon has changed orbit, believe it or not. It has literally changed its orbit all of a sudden. And they're like, Halle Berry, what the heck is going on? Um, and they're, they're like, uh, the moon is getting closer to Earth and that's going to cause a lot of problems. Sure. But we're not going to tell anybody... Uh, we're just going to tell people that it's going to be fine and that they shouldn't worry about it. And Halle Berry is like, I think you should tell people that the world is going to end in about 12 hours. Um, 12 hours? And they're, like, <laughs> and they're like, no, man, no, man. It's changing very drastically, the moon. Jeez. There's this guy, Josh Gad. It's not, it's not Josh Gad, but I'm going to call him Josh Gad. Um, he is like an internet boy, like a conspiracy theorist. Mm. And he has... His theory is he's a mega structurist. And what a mega structurist mm. is, is they believe that celestial bodies like the moon are mega structures. So they, uh, the crust around the moon is just a, uh, a, a facade. And on the inside, it's a big structure spaceship powered by um, a star, a dying star, or something like that. Wow. And this guy. Um, he creates a computer graphic um, that with 100% clarity, like ILM, um, beautiful CGI of what these things probably look like, like a gyroscopic, like buildings flying around and like a gyrosphere type thing. Um, and you're like, dude, that's crazy, right? Um, and he's like, yeah, the moon's going to change orbit. He's actually the one that breaks the news to the world that the moon has changed orbit and is going to collide with Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and so they, the government is like, we're just going to nuke it. We're going to nuke <laughs> the moon. <laughs> Let's nuke it. And Halle Berry is like, if you nuke the moon, because what they have to do is they have to wait until the moon... Uh, gets into the Earth's atmosphere before they can nuke the moon. Perfect. And they're like, and Halle Berry's like, you realize if you nuke the moon, one, we won't have a moon anymore, and two, those are nuclear bombs, and people will die. <laughs> no! <laughs> and they're like, they're like, we don't care, we gotta nuke the moon. 
Um, yeah, that's, and so that's Halle some Berry, army general. That's some that's some <laughs> crotch. Yeah, business uh, general crotch. Um, so Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson and Josh Gad go rogue, and they take an old spaceship into space to As try to do. figure out without a plan. They go. They're like, we're just gonna go up there and see if we can feel it out. See if we can figure out what's going on with the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring Josh Gad because they're like Patrick Wilson believes him that the moon is a megastructure. Halle Uh-oh. Berry's not too sure. Um, and somehow they figured out that the the nanobot cloud attacks anything, any technological craft or something uh, that has technology in it. So mm-hmm. if a spaceship goes up and it has modern technology, it gets destroyed by this nanobot swarm. And so they take an old spaceship, like from the Apollo days, that doesn't have modern technology in it. Um, and they can't have any modern technology because if they do, they'll get killed. And Josh Gad brings his phone. And so they go into space. <laughs> and Josh Gad has his little iPhone out and he's taking pictures of the moon and stuff. Uh, and lo and behold, they get attacked by this thing uh, until he... What, so what they want to do is they take an EMP up there. And they're going to be like, we're going to use this EMP to kill this nano swarm. Mm. Okay. Um, we think that'll work. And... There, uh, they they see that the moon there's a there's a massive hole going into the moon, not a crater, just a big, like tunnel that this nano swarm has drilled into the moon. This is really interesting, I promise. Um, and oh, so, I'm, like, I'm we engaged. gotta we gotta go in there and see what we see. So they take a little rover, a little spaceship that looks very modern, in fact, futuristic, um, and they go in there. And uh, lo and behold, it's a mega structure powered by the star, by a dying star, and it's gyroscopic in this thing. So what you're t- so Josh Gad has created a computer graphic with 100% accuracy of what this actual mega structure inside of the moon looks like. Wow! It's like it's literally the same like computer model. <laughs> Just put it. <laughs> it's so funny. What? And so. Uh, they go into the moon and they get attacked by this swarm and then all of a sudden a big door opens and they get pulled into a big door um, and they get saved from the swarm and Patrick Wilson has a vision and it's one of those things where it's like, we're aliens, but we're you from the future. Mm. Um, but actually they're, they're humans from the past. So here's the deal, guys. In the in the distant distant billions of years ago, humans exist and they have transcended conflict and war, mm. and they have built the society over a around a artificial intelligence that keeps everyone safe and comfortable, and there is no conflict and there's no wars and peace, and then the AI turns evil and no. decides I'm gonna kill all of the humans. And so these futuristic humans that live in the past, they decide we're going to build big megastructures to hide from this AI we created that's going to kill us. Um, And only one survives, and that's the moon. And that megastructure creates Earth itself, and uh, humanity is reborn as the humanity that we know now. Um, And they're like, you got to kill this swarm or it's going to kill you, man. So they kill the swarm, and the moon just is like, okay, cool, goes back into orbit. And then the Earth is basically destroyed by this point. And then they're like, this whole time, uh, Patrick, Halley, and Josh Gad, they like they fly into this megastructure, and they're just like, wow, cool. And they see things. People see the moon, like the size of Jupiter, coming at them, and they're just like, oh, no. Oh, that's, that looks bad. <laughs> oh, oh, Nobody no. reacts to anything in a realistic way. Halle Berry is like, oh, yeah, look at that. The moon's a megastructure. Wow. Okay, cool. And then it's we, just they move we were on. right, Josh Gad. <laughs> cool stuff, man. And then the Earth has like been destroyed, and billions of people have died. And then it's just the sweeping. Like once they've killed the nanobots or whatever, it's just sweeping, just heroic theme as they come back to Earth. It's like <laughs> just destruction and death and horror. And this music is like yeah. And yeah, Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry are like. Heck yeah, man, we saved the earth. <laughs> Just surrounded by desolation. Oh, <laughs> like, geez. yes, we did it. Uh, and it, and then it ends. And I was like, wow, 
That that sounds incredible. like the best film of the year <laughs> to me. I just love it so much. Um, it's really bad, but you should definitely watch it if you like. This is from the guy who makes like Twister and 2012 and mm. uh, Geostorm and all those. Dude, movies. 2012 freaked me out. Yeah, I w- I thought the world was gonna end for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go watch Moonfall, man. That's a great. It's on HBO Max as well. Dude, I remember. Uh, December 31st, 2011, I was mm-hmm. under this bed, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause it has like, it's like, um, cabinets or whatever. Right. And you yep. can get under there. And, uh, so I, remember I, that. I, ran, I went under there and <laughs> it's the new year and I'm like, here we go, guys. This is it. <laughs> this is it, guys. And, uh, nothing happened. And I was bummed. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, it was a little weird because I was like, oh, like I just I'm supposed to go to bed now. Like, what? I guess I'm supposed to go to bed. Yeah. So that was a weird day for me mentally. I feel like I had a similar experience. Um, May twenty first, twenty twelve, um, a few days after the first Avengers was released, mm. uh, we were at we were at Silver Dollar City, and there was a like one of the. One of the guys who was like, the world's going to end on May 21st, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, oh no. Here we go. Here, this is it. I'm at Silver Dollar City and I'm going to freaking die right now. Um, so yeah, terrible, I, have, <clears throat> I have anxiety around the end of the world for sure. Trauma from 2012. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take us out. Oh, it's my god! the end of the world. Um, yes. Yeah, so. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 35. We didn't number this one earlier. The quarters is 35. Episode 34. Welcome. Um, Thank you guys so much for watching. Next week, we will be doing the quarters 2022 movies we saw in 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, movies that came out in 2022. We want to specify... there will be exceptions on my special categories um, because there weren't a lot of great animes this year. I'm just this is your there. this is your podcast, man. You can do whatever you want. Um, so, also, uh, this might maybe the last episode that it's just called Quarter Twins. We might be might we're, we're looking into potentially adding something. Yeah. I think we, so. we've definitely decided that we're keeping Quarter Twins front and center yes. because think, that name is too good. I think so. it genuinely, like, it feels like it's us. Yeah. It's marketable. The logo is dope. Like, we got it all. It's yeah. just, it doesn't say anything about what we do. Yeah. Right? It holds so. us back. It's a ceiling that we need to break through. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Business Profound. talk. Mm-hmm. So we're looking into breaking that ceiling. And uh, coming at you with season two of the Quarter Twins, uh, and yeah. we will uh, we will see you next week. We will, whether or not we have a new name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be it'll at least be Quarter Twins, and it'll right. be the Quarters, and we will see you there. So it's true. a fancy occasion. Mm-hmm. Dress nice. So. Yep. All right, guys. With that said, thank you guys so much for listening. And mm-hmm. watching, and or. Yes. And we'll see and you or. next week. Whoa. Did I do that on purpose? Watch freaking Andor, guys. Watch freaking Andor. Watch freaking Willow, <laughs> you guys. What a show. Yeah. We'll see you. We'll see you next week, guys. All right? See I'm you done. See you next week, guys. Okay? Bye. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Get out. Freaking. Go away. <laughs> I'm done. Leave me alone. Jeez.